Welcome to the USL show. It is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network, and we are sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Thanks for tuning in today. It's a special interview with uh, Jeremy Allenbaugh from St. Louis FC. And um, I do repeat this later, but I'll say now, so you know before we get going here, that half of this interview is going to be on the USL show, but the full interview will be on St. Louis STL Soccer Report. So um, if you want to hear specific stuff about St. Louis or you don't mind hearing about that in the second half, then uh, go on over to that feed. Uh, If you don't follow it, it's easy to find on on, uh, bgn.fm. Um, just like all of our other shows and all of our written content is all there for MLS and USL, even uh, Premier League. We've we've been growing and growing and growing. So um, that's something I hope you guys all check out. So, um, yeah, everything else is covered in the interview. I hope you enjoy this one. I'm glad USL folks like the broad strokes guys get to uh, hear Jeremy for the first time on the USL show. So I hope you enjoy Okay, I'm with Jeremy Allenbaugh again. Uh, we've been able to do this, uh, I think this is like four years now. Not every single year, because uh, I started a year late there, but I think we're up to like a fourth going into the season interview. So thanks for joining me again. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate the chance to, to chat here for a bit. Yeah, and, and um, I may have said it already, but um, Jeremy is the vice president and GM of St. Louis FC. I say that to clarify because You've never been on the USL show, and so we're going to do half of this for the USL show and then put the rest on uh, STL Soccer Report. So I hope everybody enjoys enjoys that today. Um, and I'm excited because we got lucky. I got lucky. Um, Brian Shredda did a, an interview with Jake Edwards, just posted this morning, actually. So I was last minute bringing up my notes to uh, talk about a few more topics. So, uh, so we'll do the first half kind of chatting about the whole league, maybe a little soccer talk here and there, and then uh, we'll take a break and, and talk about St. Louis FC. And um, so, yeah, let's talk about, um, I'm basically going to follow that article, everything that seems to apply to, to you personally in St. Louis, especially. And um, the uh, first thing they brought up was the restructuring of the league and all the names and things that came out. So uh, how are you feeling about that so far and, and how it's going? Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, the branding is uh, is sharp. I think the league put some thought into it and tried to come up with something that was going to, you know, as they said, and Jake said in that interview, is make sense to maybe some markets where a new team comes in. So if a League One team comes into, I don't know, I don't want to say a city because then I'll get in trouble, right? <laughs> there, what have you, people yeah. suggest, but comes into a, an appropriate city of for League One, you know, then it's easy to explain, easier to explain kind of where things fit in. Um, of course, you're going to have people say, well, it doesn't matter because there's not Pro-Rel or this and that. But I think, you know, it does kind of lay out the structure, um, kind of shows the pathway, so to speak, for a player. And I think a lot of this is about the player. I think that's going to be a common theme that we talk about here uh, today. So I think it's, it's, uh, it's sharp. Not a big fan of the, uh, of the beige, so to speak. People call it <laughs> yeah. a little bit sharper goal. But I think overall, the league did a really good job. Yeah, maybe they can kind of gradient that up over yeah. to a real goal every year. Um, I feel you there. Um, one thing we talked about the last time we talked, which was a, a few months ago, I believe, um, you were going to keep your eyes on FC Tucson and Phoenix and kind of how they operate together. And can you talk about, is there any more information about how they're going to roll over there? Well, since this is on the USL show, and uh, I know our buddy Sam listens, I'm not going <laughs> to throw out any secrets here. But sure. um no, it's definitely a project that we're keeping our eyes on. I think it's um, it's interesting, you know, how that's gonna come together. I think they're still figuring some things out. Obviously, they got Darren announced as a coach, and 
a bunch of changes there, so I think they're going to have some, some good synergies between the two. Um, and I think there's going to be clubs like us and a few others that are keeping an eye on, on that out there. And is that something that makes sense down the road for more leagues that are in the championship? Um, you know, the loaning rules and, and some things and, and how does that work and you know, where the budgets kind of land up. Uh, but I think it's a, it's a really good project for everybody to kind of, you know, see mm -hmm. uh, what that connection and, and what that pathway can look like for those guys. But, you know, credit to them for taking the step and, and the leap there. And I think, uh, you know, over time, it'll be interesting to see how that comes together and where some other good fits might be. I think naturally, you've already seen kind of one up in Wisconsin with Peter's group there with That's the right. uh, forward Madison and then the Green Bay thing at a different level, right? So between that PDL or League Two and, and League One. So I think uh, we're going to see more and more of that in the future. And then <coughs> they also affiliated with uh, Minnesota United. Correct. So yeah, yeah there's, there's a three-level jump there. Um, so they get to kind of be the uh, the guinea pigs for us all, it looks like. Do you know any idea about the, I think I talked to someone in the league about how the loaning laws will mimic MLS to USL. Is there anything in place yet that you know of? In terms of between the championship and League One? Yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah, I don't, um, to be honest, I don't. Something that is on our radar uh, for our technical meetings yeah. down in Orlando in January to ask because, you know, we know St. Louis FC, specifically with a smaller roster, is going to need some loan opportunities throughout the year and mm -hmm. I spent yesterday at a combine up in Detroit uh, watching players that uh, I think a lot of them will end up in League One. There's a lot of League One teams there yesterday and we're having conversations. Nice. We've spoken to every team in that league, uh, independent team so to speak, about what their 2019 season looks like and we've uh, helped identify some players, maybe even place a player there uh, or two. So we need to uh, get some of those answers here in January. Um, as that kind of comes in, into play because I think it could be something that we would look to utilize, you know, um, whether it's sending somebody there from us or on short term or long term or kind of placing a, you know, first year guy there that maybe came from our academy that we're not ready to sign. Mm -hmm. Maybe he gets placed somewhere and then, um, you know, we have an opportunity to bring them up and train or play with us. So uh, it's exciting, really, really exciting. As somebody who's lived in that youth world, for a long time before coming in here, these are things that we dreamed about, <laughs> and, and now it's uh, now we're finally taking some steps. Feel the same way as a fan. I'm excited to see it go both ways. Hopefully, um, we've seen a lot of things happen with two sides, uh, MLS two sides, I should say, playing in championship, and uh, we've seen a couple drop down. But we've also seen some um, seen the younger players that sometimes we used to complain about getting so much time, seeing that play pay off this year, especially more so than other years, and so. Um, as a GM um, and as GMs around the league that you talk to, is there a difference in how GMs see the league as far as is it annoying that, that all these kids are there in that league and that you know the, the crowd experience isn't necessarily there but, but they're succeeding in other ways? Um, is, th is that conversation one that's morphing throughout uh, USL as well and what the goal is, ultimate goal is of what it should look like? Yeah, so there's a lot of different questions in that question, so I'll try. Oh, yeah, to sorry. Okay. <laughs> I do that. I do the same thing. So um, <laughs> I'll try to just break it down. Look, I can only speak uh, for myself and, and the direction that we have here. We enjoy the opportunity to play against him on two sides. Um, a, it's uh, you know uh, typically quality environments, quality operations and setups, and everybody has a different one, and everybody's approach is different. So I think on the technical side. That keeps our staff on their toes, right? And preparing for those games. Sometimes you might see this lineup, depending on when you play them, and then 
then maybe you see a different lineup the next time you find based on where things fall. So I think it's it's a challenge and it's good. Um, I see the other side of it too, uh, where you know fans have frustrations where maybe we play against a team that maybe skewed a little bit younger on this date, and then somebody else played the same team and they dropped down some guys for some minutes. I get that, but look, that happens. That happens in the world. It happens in the NHL where you know guys. San Antonio speaking with the Blues, right? They mm-hmm. get picked up here because Fabry's out and so on. So, so it, it's just it's just the world. And you know, I, I understand the frustration, but I think we need to take a step back and say, okay, we're trying to grow the game here. Um, and I think the league, to their credit, USL has taken some really good steps um, to maybe clean up some of the things that happened early on in the relationship. So, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have any complaints about that. Good facilities. Um, you know, so I think everybody looks at it at it differently. But I think um, you know it's been good for the league to have some of those guys that you can track and you can follow when they first come in and maybe play as a as a young USL player in the MLS two team and then progress to the first team or what have you. So you just have to look at it and, uh, through the different lenses, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. Um, thank you for that. Uh, and, uh, what is it? A, a tweet was done. It was put out by a guy named Tony Mar- Marinaro. And um, I freaked out at first, and then I've kind of calmed down since then. But I'm, I've been really curious about your thoughts on generally the idea. He said that MLS has seriously considered their own U19 league, meaning they would pull out of USSDA, uh, which St. Louis FC is a part of, right? Correct. Which has been taking huge strides, and you know, a lot's been happening with USSDA. Um, I'm just kind of curious if that were to happen, theoretically. Um, this is just a rumor at this point. But if that were to happen, um, how would that affect the league in your eyes, in your academy in your eyes? That's a great question. Uh, so we've heard these rumors and we've been a part of these rumors for, for years. So um, the fact that it popped up again, maybe there's more legs to it. I mean, there's you know, some conversations that have happened and some things that we're privy to, um, but it's, this isn't uh, something that's new. This has been talked about since MLS Academy really started to emerge and really started to drive player development in their own markets and then they've expanded and, and recruiting into other markets. So in terms of you know, what would do the overall lead, it's going to change it um, if it happens. Uh, it's going to change it, I think, in terms of that, that level of play in those games. I think in certain parts of the country, it'll change the number of games. If you look in the Midwest, we would, uh, if it would occur, we would lose games versus Columbus Crew versus Chicago Fire and versus Toronto FC. So first and foremost, we have to replace those games. Does that mean they merge conferences? What would they do? We don't know. We're not sure. Um, you know, But I think this is something that, because it's been out there for years, and MLS has their own GA Cup that they do in certain birth years, and they've always done, is clubs like us and clubs that are um, you know, really about developing that player and about pushing that pathway, Soccer's FC, um, Patio Doris, clubs that are you know, involved, and really trying to produce players, whether they have a pro team like us or Soccer's FC in Chicago doesn't. Um, we've been working on some projects, doing some things, you know, together. Whether that's uh, you know a player come down to train with our first team, get friendly set up, yeah. doing different things. So we'll adjust. Uh, I think that's a key in the youth development landscape in the United States. Is you you better be able to adjust, and you better uh, have some plans and some ideas. We tweak things how we do. Um, already in terms of you know how we do our preseason, what do we do during that winter break, you know, trying to get games against college teams as much as we can for our academy, 
Um, you know, bringing we talked about bringing our academy team perhaps uh, with us on our preseason trip for a week and let them maybe play against some different teams or some reserves and some things that way. So you're always evolving, and if this occurs, it's just something else that we're going to have to adjust to. We can't can't cry about it. We can't throw our hands up and say, oh, well, we're done with the DA or we're done with this. It doesn't make sense. Um, and we just have to be ready to adjust. We can't get caught blindsided about it either. So we have to we have to be prepared. And you know, I think us and other clubs are working on some things to you know help continue developing players. Yeah, and, and my thoughts broad stroke. Part of my worry was, and it was almost confirmed when, in some ways, only in some ways, that when I listened to this uh, interview, um, the coach, the new coach for Tulsa Roughnecks, I didn't write any of this info down, was on a podcast, so I forgot what podcast that was. Um, but he was talking to them and they were asking, they didn't know much about the United States system, and they mentioned how, you know, is it like England here where we have the major clubs who get all the best players and they put all the money into their academies and then anything outside of that fails miserably at that point. So, of course, that's an extreme, but is that something where maybe the rich is getting richer, that you could see that happening and, and the gap broadening as far as a level of play? Could you see that happening if that were to occur? I think it's hard to say that it, that it wouldn't occur. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I think, look, it, some people say rich get richer, other people will say, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats or whatever, the, you know, blah, 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 the same is there. I think what it does is it forces everybody to, uh, to do a better job. Um, and look, we've got to do a better job here being a, what we feel, a high-level, high-performing academy that's not a, an MLS academy. We've had to change our game. We've had to tweak some things. We've had to put more resources into it. We've had to uh, provide a better pathway for players so we can uh, show players that this is a good pathway for them. And then it's up to them if they choose to do so or if they, they look for other avenues. So, um, and other you know clubs that aren't in MLS and the DA have had to do the same. And if you don't, you're not going to last, and that's okay. Hmm. You know, uh, I think uh, you know I think it just forces things to be better. But you know, I think there the gap has opened up a little bit. I mean, when we played in the playoffs last year, New York City FC, there was a difference between playing them and playing Sacramento Republic. And hmm. I'm sure Sacramento Republic would say the same, right? There's a difference between playing FC Dallas and playing St. Louis FC. Um, now it's our job to continue to tighten that gap, tighten that gap, and um, I can only speak for what we're doing, and I think our academy staff and through the guidance of our first team staff, we're doing a really good job of that, but it's a natural concern. I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's wrong. Mm. Yeah, interesting. I think the only wonder that I was talking to a few other people about it is if we had an open system like England does, like perhaps even if you do get a leg up and you do have several years in a row where you're doing well, you can move up, you know, and then eventually you can be one of those dominant clubs. That's the other thing is we don't have that per se here. And so uh, it's another problem perhaps I see with that. Yeah, uh, the only thing I would say um, to go along with that is there are professional clubs and even some youth clubs in other countries that make a living on producing players. Hmm. And they're never going to be Man City. They're never going to be Barcelona but they're going to provide players to those places. And everybody finds their pecking order, and I hmm. think that has occurred in the States. I think it's going to continue to occur. Um, there are youth clubs that were very, very strong 15, 20 years ago um, at, quote-unquote, winning. And now maybe they're uh, producing players um, for MLS markets or for other DA markets. Um, everybody just kind of finds their spot, and I think that's 
happens naturally. Mm -hmm. I think it also happens a little bit based upon the resources that people are willing to put time into. So again, I don't think that's a bad thing. It's mm -hmm. just reality. Thanks for diving into the weeds on that one. That's one that I really wanted to geek out on, so thanks. Um, but that does lead us to, you know, USL academies are on the way, and that's something Jake's been seemingly kind of encouraging to happen around the league. You guys, as far as I can tell, um, I'm a little biased, but you guys might be the best resource for these people to figure out the best way to go about that, especially uh, considering several things that you just said. Um, are guys coming to you saying, hey, we're about to do what you're going to do, or our goal is to become you, um, happening as far as USL championship sides and lower? Yeah, this is a project that the league has been you know, working on steadily here for you know, the last couple of years. Uh, those conversations have taken place. Uh, our good friends down in Oklahoma City, uh, with the energy as they've kind of grown their youth landscape, mm -hmm. we've spent a lot of time on the phone with them and, and emails and visiting. We've helped out other sides. Uh, as well. Um, I think there are a number of USL championship sides uh, that do a great job uh, at the youth level. Uh, North Carolina FC, uh, Sacramento mm -hmm. has really uh, come in and done a good job ourselves and I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting about some others uh, as well. Pittsburgh Riverhounds, uh, the work they have done, the boys ECNL has really, you know, they're not a DA club but they have really come in and put a lot of work in there. So um, yes, people do reach out to us as resources. San Antonio, their project and what they've been able to do has been really fascinating to see that build up and they're obviously getting some players yeah. into their first team similar to us. So very similar. Uh, you know, credit to them. So I think there is a lot of going on. When you look at the USL Academy uh, initiative, and I'm on the committee, uh, the league has hired a new uh, a new director there for that as well. And we have a meeting in, down in uh, Orlando in early January uh, as part of the MLS combine and USL technical meetings and such. So there's a lot of initiatives that are happening. When you look at it, everybody does it differently. You know, Orange County, they've done a great job with their affiliate program and bringing on some partner youth clubs and they put together a team from those partner clubs. They went to the Dallas Cup last year and they did a great job. Uh, you have kind of standalone academies like ourselves. It'll be interesting to see what Louisville City's gonna do. What's Mario gonna put together there? Hmm. Is it gonna be uh, an affiliate type based model? They're gonna try to do their own thing? Are they gonna partner with somebody? So there's so many different ways to do it. And then there's some USL championship clubs that right now are like, you know what, this is great. We understand the importance of it, but we're not ready to step you know, step into that world of, of new soccer yet or player development yet. Um, so everybody's at a different stage, but the league is adamant about it. I think they understand that in order for us to truly become involved in the world market, uh, clubs have to have pathways for younger players. And um, it's, a, it's a big initiative. But it's just a very difficult one because the size of our country, all the different levels that are involved, you got some clubs that play at this level and the, at the youth level, and some that play under this organization and some yeah. under this. So it's hard, but I think the league will come together um, and we will we'll have some exciting things to announce here um, in the coming months. Very cool. Um, does Louisville, are they building their academies? Do they have one? Yeah, so Mario Sanchez left SIU Edwardsville to go down there. Oh, um, wow. And, uh, that's part of what his role will be. So, yeah, exciting times uh, for them down there and see what they put together. So, And they got Hackworth there to yeah. guide them a little bit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> some guys that have been involved at the, uh, at the youth levels, um, you know, the college level and different things. So, yeah. you know, it's uh, really an exciting time for sure. Yeah, I missed that a little bit. So that's cool. Um, you know, that leads us to something we've talked about a lot, which is um, in the past solidarity payments. You know, I think another thing I was freaking about too early about um, 
a long time ago was when KC was kind of claiming the homegrown rights for uh, Josh Sargent. And right. We've all seen right. where he's gone. And you know, you mentioned being USL academies hopefully becoming part of the world market. That's a good example. And a good example of why we're not a minor league sport in a lot of ways, uh, one of many reasons. But um, in that article I mentioned with Jake Edwards, he mentioned solidarity payments and that he's basically for them, uh, which was probably the biggest thing in that article. And um, that he says that perhaps he's gonna have conversations with the MLS that maybe they can get in line with each other or not, we'll see. Um, but he's for it, that's huge news. And that's huge for a club like this, who's already got a hold like we just talked about. So. I imagine you're for it. <laughs> yeah, I am. I mean, I think uh, anything that can that can help clubs that develop players reinvest into uh, developing players, I think, is a is a huge thing. You know, currently, what we've been able to do is just rely on relationships um, and rely on the players that we produce, um, you know, trusting that the club did a good job for them, and, mm -hmm. and allowing the club to. Um, you know, to just be a part of their next step and whether that's us, you know, uh, recognizing Josh Sargent at a game or staying in touch with him or obviously he started a scholarship here, you know, that's for right. a living legacy in his name. I mean, those are little things that players and Tim Ream has done things for the club have been able to, to do just to, to stay a part of where they came from. Um, you know, but there's a lot of changes and a whole bunch of stuff that has to occur, but I think if we can get to that point, I think we can really see the game uh, continue to grow. We know. Uh, look, we're we're a partial pay-to-play model with mm -hmm. our DA. Um, we subsidize and we put a, a lot of investment, dollar-wise and resources, into our DA. Um, but our kids still do still do have uh, some fees that they pay. Um, we try to ensure that a, that nobody uh, is turned away um, because of financial resources. And we know that we could do even a better job. And, Know, build on our programming. We're just dipping our toe into some of the things in the city that we need to do more of, and some sure. recruiting and outreach. Um, and this could be a big piece that would that would allow us to do even more of that because um, we know that's the, the next step, the next part of the evolution. Um, so solidarity payments could be uh, could be a, a big part of that. Um, you know, so time will tell. Mm. Uh, I'm glad to hear you you touch on that as well. Uh, something I care a lot about personally. Um, but another alternative to that, that that we just saw in League One with uh, North Texas SC is Ricardo Pepe just signed as a 15-year-old for a four-year pro deal, right? So no college. He definitely chose one over the other, but he's also held by the club for four years. And if he sells before then, I think they get all the money. It's a USL contract. So um, is that something you've considered, you know, if, if Aiden Stanley or, um, Mayor or Jack Mayer was to come here next year? and decide to sign a pro contract, would you try to get more years perhaps to p perhaps sell them on to someone else? I think you have to look at, at the value of younger players and you have to look at the value of, of players in general. And that's something the league has really stressed on us is you know, we have to make sure we're looking at our players as, um, as an investment and not an expense. Mm. Look, that's a good attitude to have in business in general, right? Yeah. You don't want to look at your employees as, oh, it's an expense. It's an investment in your, in your company, in your club, your organization. And that's something the league has really been hammering in on, on teams, and I, I think it's uh, I think it's changed some some viewpoints of some things that way. For us specifically, again, for St. Louis FC, um, we're counting down the days till we can sign our first quote-unquote youth guide to a pro contract. Mm -hmm. we, um, we've worked on a lot of things, and there's a lot that goes into it because realistically, for someone from from our club to say, you know what, I'm not going to go to school X, Y, or Z. I'm going to sign with St. Louis FC. It would have to be a longer-term deal, for sure. 
Um, there would have to be an education initiative as part of it. So we have done our research. We have some partnerships in place with some local schools that when we get to that opportunity, we can step into it. And we've had some, you know, light conversations with some kids in our academy about, you know, here's some other opportunities. And that day's coming. I can't tell you if it's going to be 2019 or 2021, mm -hmm. um, but that day is coming for sure for St. Louis FC and some other you know, clubs in our league have already done it. Orange County has done it with a young player. And mm -hmm. now you said uh, North Texas is their name, right? Yeah. With the, the Dallas League One initiative. So it's coming. It's going to happen. Um, these things just take time, but we, again, have done a lot of legwork. So when we do it, it can be done right. Because if, if you go back, and everybody wants to talk about all this homegrown and youth initiative and all that stuff, if you go back and look at the track record, there are a lot of um, opportunities that kids took that maybe didn't fall into place and maybe you know, they fell out or what have you. Um, so you have to do it right and you have to make sure that players are prepared and families are prepared. And so we're doing that work now. Uh, so when these things come about, we, we, can, we can step into that arena. It's exciting. I mean, it's... Hmm. I'm like you, I geek out on that stuff and yeah. when I see what other clubs are doing at this side and I kind of look at our, some of our younger ones down the road and say, okay, he could be a candidate or he could be a candidate for different reasons and, um, you know, looking forward to when we can do that. Yeah, and I know you've, I mean, starting with Aiden, of course, Aiden Stanley, he was already playing with, uh, with uh, training at least at 15 um, with the senior side. I know I talked to uh, Blake about that, the academy director. Uh, about how you've skewed younger and younger as far as getting them some experience there. So, yeah, I can. So we had a meeting on Monday. Luis, uh, our director of coaching for the academy, U19 coach, uh, Blake Decker, the academy director, myself, um, and Anthony, and we specifically looked at okay, who are the guys that are going to be with us um, first day of preseason and that we're banking on, and then who are the next kind of set of guys that we need to get in occasionally so they can start to get acclimated to the pro environment. The last thing you want to do, and look, we've, we've learned this lesson, um, is, you know, that uh, you can't just drop somebody in there and say, okay, you're in, let's go, let's see what you can do. You have to ease them into it. You have to, um, you know, give them some opportunities to experience it. And uh, so that's on, our, that's on our, our list. And we have some guys that we're gonna get some opportunities here this spring and leading into the summer. That won't be full-time academy players uh, with us. But we'll get in there, you know, a couple of times to see how they adjust, how they develop. So it's uh, it is skewing younger and younger for sure. More on that later if you want to stick around for the STL Soccer Report side of this. Um, but uh, the, another thing they mentioned, a big news this year was the USL Players Association was announced, and so uh, that's going to affect your job quite a bit, I imagine. And if if not even this year, then I imagine down the road. Um, can you just tell me a little bit about how that's going to affect you? You know, again, hard to say. Uh, all I know is that um, I think the league and, and this uh, this group of players that represent the players now, the USLPA, I think um, you know things uh, have started off really, really strong. I think Jake Edwards' statement uh, that you know the fact that we you know, voluntarily uh, recognize mm -hmm. them. Um, look, this is just a, a growth of, of the sport and of our game, and as the league has grown and the game has grown, you know, things like this are going to continue to. To come up and I think um, anything that's going to push the game forward is, is positive. Definitely. Um, this is a big one for St. Louis. Uh, I got lots of tweets when this was announced. We're going east again. Five years, five separate conferences. Eastbound and down. So, <laughs> you know, hopefully we're not going down. Hopefully we're going to Well, yes, please. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so that's happening. Um, I imagine that's going to affect your off-season plans. You always say that there's a little bit of a difference in, in player searches and, and player types that you go after. Can you tell us a little more about that for the fifth time in a row? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I know it's upsetting to our fans, and you know everybody joked about it when it came out, and teams were joking at us, and fans were joking and stuff. And you know, there there are some differences for sure. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and some style of play and some some things that way but to be honest that you know you get a schedule and you deal with it and, and you move on and let's go back to the European model right some years Liverpool has to go to uh, the kind of team Bolton some years <laughs> they don't you just deal with it yeah you know I think there are some there are some differences that we looked at in our recruitment um, of what you know it's going to take to compete in the east um, we get to renew some, some rivalries we get to meet some new friends it stinks that you know some of the teams out west that we enjoy seeing and playing and yeah. competing against. We're not going to see them, so that's the, for us as a club. That's the only part that that stinks. Mm -hmm. um, but it's great for our supporters and our fans. More road trips, you know, more uh, supported away games. But even the west, I mean, I think every game we played in the west, we had at least one supporter there, which is crazy. You know, it's crazy think about. So <laughs> we're really looking forward to what that can mean traveling to Nashville and Memphis and. Um, Louisville, obviously, and Indy. So, you know, I hate this. I hate to saying it is what it is, but it is what it is, and we're, you know, we're ready to move on. But it did provide some content, and some some great uh, banter <laughs> for a little for a little bit there. It always does. Uh, I always get a nice wake up call whenever that news is announced from all my friends. Um, you mentioned not seeing certain teams, and um, with with it being a full home and home schedule we won't be having any cross con uh, conference play so um, this year that's that's going to go down that way but do you see a central down the road for sure or still up in the air could we also i'm just going to go let you fill it put this in the same conversation could we go central next year and then mls with the following year or a couple years after that yeah there's just so much out there right? you don't know. <laughs> i mean we were we really thought a year ago at this time that there would be a central conference. I didn't even think Jake, you know, made some statements that way. And yeah. well, that's at no fault of his own, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, things change and, um, you know, clubs reorganize and clubs, you know, now have moved down League One or taken hiatus or maybe some things that were planned didn't come in. So, look, we don't point fingers. I mean, we thought we were heading that way too. Um, and that would have been even, even more exciting because some of those people, like you said, Oklahoma City, San Antonio, that we're not going to see in the regular season, maybe we still could have seen, but mm -hmm. um, it's hard to say. I think as the landscape continues to change and um, geographically as things fill in, maybe there will be a central conference at, at some at some time. But um, again, we'll we'll give us a schedule and we'll we'll play. We'll be there. We'll show up exactly. and we'll, we'll try to win. Um, so let's let's do cover con uh, MLS. I was trying to look up. I couldn't find out what year we could enter if we wanted to. Uh, but you're part of this organization, and, and just the other day they posted how this organization would fit into the MLS into the MLS club if it were to happen. So I'm curious about your crossover already. Currently, if you're part of those conversations at all, we'll start with that. Yeah, we're yeah. So we're operating 2019 and. For the foreseeable future, as we have mm -hmm. FC, um, you're not going to see any any uh, remarkable changes in how we do our business here in 19. Hopefully, we're better on the field, off the field, yeah. of course, right? We're striving for those things, but um, there's not going to be sudden like, wow, that's for the future. That's not what we're doing here in 19. Um, and then we just have to, you know, play it, you know, 
as it comes, so to speak. So uh, I think it's exciting um, for the city of St. Louis and, and for just a lot of different reasons here. I think um, you know just everything that's evolving downtown and everything that this could mean could be exciting. But you know, we said it from day one that we, we enjoy this league. We're a big part of this league. We enjoy it, um, and we're going to continue to push uh, push along in it. So um, you know, we're, I'm fully planned on. All right, March 9th, how are we going to beat our new friends from Indy? Mm -hmm. Our staff is, and what's preseason looking like? Uh, that our day-to-day -day focus is there, 100%. Yeah, and, and part of um, you know who we're going to be facing this year, one of those teams will be Nashville. We got to avoid the Cincinnati mess last year, uh, which was kind of nice, actually. But um, this year we'll be facing Nashville, who has been adding uh, good attackers um, as far as historical uh, statistics. Um, are you watching them closely and what they're doing and how they're doing it, Cincinnati and Nashville, and just in case? Yeah, I think, uh, look, I'm knee deep into Sunderland Until I Die or whatever it is on Netflix right now. You're always looking for it, right? <laughs> nice. I mean, yeah. you, you, know, you watch everything, and, and um, I think here in the U.S., you're looking at clubs that have come in and have made noise or clubs that are moving along and doing some things. So I'm personally fortunate that at Cincinnati, uh, Luke Sassano and I, um, I've had some chats about some different things, even going back to last year when we were looking at some, some loans, and then obviously we signed two guys from there this year. So, yeah. you, you know, how's it going, Luke? What's, you know, what's your scouting structure looking like? Just, you know, just whatever the future brings, you're always, you're always learning, you're always um, asking questions. Same thing with Mike Jacobs at Nashville. You know, so obviously we had the Michael Cox uh, trade with them. So, you know, we have a, Mike and I go way back. And so you're always, you know, picking each other's brains and asking questions. So, yeah, you're looking to see how, how teams are making adjustments, but at the same time, I'm also looking at Sacramento, and you know, they've gone through, it looks like they're going through a whole rebuild, so yeah. what is Simon and his staff going to do out there? So in my role and for a club that has aspirations of, of being the best in the USL, you're always looking, you're always seeing what things are going, what's Bob Lilly got up his sleeve? You know, mm -hmm. What are they going to do out in Pittsburgh? Um, you know, how are they going to, you know, I think Bob's ultimate goal is to give up less than eight goals in a season if he can. So what's he doing? You're always, you always have to be learning. Um, but those teams being close to us or those clubs in the Midwest, you definitely are, are looking at, um, you know, how are they playing up for some sure. Yeah, and where do you fall as far as, um, you know, Cincinnati was able to use quite a bit of MLS money, and I'm not sure the rules behind it, but, you know, how do you feel about how, how that went down? And what Nashville will probably do, you have to assume? Yeah, it's a difficult one to comment on. I think the only thing that I will say is nobody got upset when Drogba played in Phoenix. Right? Yeah. I mean, they, they found a way to make it fit with him. Um, this is not going to happen. But what if Josh Sargent, they said, hey, you know what, he needs 10 games this summer. They're going to loan him to us. <laughs> should, should we not take it? <laughs> right. That Would we not? That's right. a really That's not gonna happen. Let me say it again. Good point. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Um, so same jersey color. You can just yeah, wear the yeah, Werner Bremen. Um, and he is a real homegrown. Um, yeah. So maybe. But um, look, it's just the, the game is evolving quickly over here, and things like this are gonna happen. And I think mm -hmm. um, look, it's a lot better this way than it was years ago when. We didn't have you know, this many professional outdoor opportunities for fans and, and coaches and, and people and players. So you have to roll with it. It, it always, you know, I saw all the stuff about Cincinnati. Oh, they're going to do that. And okay, I get it. 
But then here's Drogba, who, you know what I mean? He just, yep. nothing against him, but he just dropped into Phoenix and sometimes was there, sometimes wasn't. Nobody seemed to have a problem with that one. It's um, true. And then other guys come in on loans. Daniel, Daniel Rios was on loan from Chivas. Look what he did. And now he signed an MLS deal. This is football, man. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you just got to roll with it. It's the worldwide game, like we were saying earlier. So, um, yeah, in some ways I kind of like it because it's it's like that all around the world. Right. You know, there's no uh, there's no salary cap. You can bring in whoever you want. So I'd almost like the freedom more than anything else. Agree. Okay. Cool. Well, we're gonna end on that note as far as the USL show is concerned. Um, I'm really glad that everyone got to hear Jeremy talk on on a broader scope. So that was really fun. And uh, if you want to hear more about St. Louis specifically, uh, listen to STL Soccer Report episode that'll have this and the following comments. Otherwise, goodbye and thank you. All right, that's it. Like I said, um, that's it for the USL show. Uh, again, if you want to go to STL Soccer Report to listen to the rest, please do that. You can find it on bgn.fm. Um, otherwise, I do want to say thank you to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. You can get your custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Um, again, uh, not again. I, I do want to say also that my microphone cut out, so I'm sorry about all the background noise. You know, my my mobile interview rig is nothing if not slightly ghetto. So thanks for dealing with that, and uh, thanks for dealing with the rest of the show. I'm not going to say anything else for the rest of the show. It'll just be the interview with Jeremy if you're on the STL side. Otherwise, thanks for listening. <laughs>